believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interests and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire, 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471. thamptonlaw.com. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden and Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time-consuming. That's why when it comes to your auto, home, and life insurance needs, make things simple and trust the experts at Allstate. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your life, home, and auto policies. Bundling saves you money, sure, but it also saves you time, so you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact me. Tammy Haynes, your local agent, for a free personalized insurance quote. Allstate, are you in good hands? Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique 
helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard. Right now, it's Brian Fulford and Kelvin Rozier, soon to be joining us a little bit later, good friend of the program, of course, regular uh, co-host, contributor, uh, all-around preacher and good man, Kofi Hemingway. He'll be joining us a little bit later. But, Kelvin, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, Brian. Excited, man. You know, uh, got quite a bit to talk about. You know, we got a schedule um, that I understand might be released tomorrow. And um, it's, it's kind of interesting. And then... Um, I- Which is uh, the, the ESPN-affiliated... Uh, networks so that was on Instagram live so coaches everywhere and you know fortunately we we had coach on back uh, in the in the uh in December with the early period so we we won't we won't have him on right now but we got a lot to talk about and speculate on you talked about that schedule I was tearing up the phone lines Kelvin I was calling people at different swag schools man I'm trying to I'm trying to narrow it down uh because uh I even did a graphic, man. I even worked on a nice little graphic, which we'll show a little later. Uh, we, to my knowledge, four, no, five dates are open. We know three of the opponents that are remaining to sort of be filled into a spot. We just don't know who the fourth opponent is. I'll break out. We'll show all that in the graphic a little bit later. So I know, I, all I said, man, everybody's dropping schedule. Put it like this, Kelvin. Tell me why the whole SWAC West, the whole, practically the whole SWAC West has their schedule done. Uh, I saw Texas Southern, Preview, Southern. Uh, I haven't seen Gramblings, but I filled in the – by doing those three teams, you can kind of fill in Gramblings' schedule. Uh, Alcorn State, you can kind of fill in Alcorn State's schedule, although I, I, I do believe theirs is done. Uh, they just haven't released yeah. it yet. And who's the other school out there on the West? Uh, there's a sixth school. Um, I can't think of them right at the moment, but um, Pine Bluff. They're, they're sk- Pine Bluff. Yeah, you can also fill in Pine Bluff's schedule based on the other. Like once you have three of the teams, you practically know the schedule for everybody on the West once you've seen it. Now the question is, what's going on on the East? And you know, one of the things that uh, we'll talk about, uh, homecoming, man, it's already starting to to leak out. Although, look, everything we say today is not official, okay? So, uh, yeah, wink, wink. We, it's not official, but you got prayer view for Kelvin. What, you got, you got, I even heard it. Well, it's almost official. Kel, Coach uh, Simmons was talking about it. Prayer view seems to be the opponent for homecoming this year. Uh, Coach, uh, yeah. Coach Simmons is former former team. What do you what do you make of preview coming to Tallahassee for homecoming? Presumably on the twenty eighth of October. By the way, well, you know the West opponents after two years always switch out with uh, with exception of our one um, 
permanent opponent, which is Southern. So um, we, we, we lost um, the Louisiana, uh, well, Grambling and Pine Bluff and picked up the two Texas schools for the next two years. And so, um, you know, we'll have, uh, we play them back to back actually, right? So we go to Houston and play Texas Southern the week before. Then um, we play Prairie View at home the, the following week. And that's just based on how the home games fell. And thank goodness Florida State has already released a schedule. They're at home in October the first three weeks. Uh, mm -hmm. But the homecoming would not conflict with them. They'll be at Wake Forest on that day. So so it looked like there was some communication between the two programs this year in regards to that. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was definitely wondering whether we would actually uh, whether we would actually see the um, uh, the actual schedule drop. Um, it is believed that the schedule will officially drop tomorrow. Don't quote me on that. Don't quote Kelvin on that. That's just hearsay. That's just what we hear people talking about that it might drop tomorrow. In the streets, the streets are talking that it might drop tomorrow. Um, let's, uh, I, I know we got a lot to talk about. Coming up later on the show, we're going to talk with head softball coach Camise Patterson, who's taking over the softball program. Coach Patterson has been on the staff through uh, the uh, Coach Wiggins era. So we'll get a chance to talk to her about this upcoming team. And also in the second hour, we're going to talk to a father and son duo. Uh, we have a FAMU football alum from the early 90s, our, our time, Kelvin. He was on the yard our time, playing around our time, Demetrius Boney. Uh, he played at FAMU from 89 to 94, a linebacker under the uh, Ken Riley in the Ken Riley days. I was uh, looking up some old. Uh, old stuff for him. Well, his son is DJ. And DJ, of course, is a transfer from Eastern Kentucky, plays quarterback. He's from Orlando, went to Evans High School, and he's coming to FAMU, transferred in. Uh, he's currently enrolled, so he'll be a part of the spring practice season. And so we will talk to DJ as well. So we'll get a chance. I had a had an interesting conversation with Demetrius offline, so I look forward to, to him. And then we'll have father and son probably, hopefully, on the screen around the same time. That'll come about the 9 o'clock hour and 9.15, so make sure you tune in. We'll talk a little bit about what brought uh, what DJ home. Of course, that's a Rattler family. Um, DJ's mom and dad, of course, are, are rattlers, so it was just kind of in the cards that uh, DJ kind of found his way found his way back to FAMU. Um, so we can do one of two things. You want to talk basketball for a second, Kelvin, or do we want to talk? Okay, we want to talk basketball. Let's talk. Let's talk FAMU basketball for a second. All right, um, because interestingly enough, uh, we had a pair of splits. Uh, we played Alabama A&M on Saturday uh, and Alabama State on Monday. And the women got a huge win against Alabama A&M. And it was Oriami time uh, as she went ham late in that ball game. I think she scored 24 points 
in that ball game, including a clutch basket, a winning basket in overtime as uh, FAMU beat Alabama A&M. Uh, the men were not as successful against Alabama A&M. Who, by the way, Kelvin, what did you what did you make? Of, let's start there. What did you make of the size that A&M kind of brought to the table in that game? I mean, it just that was a rough outing for us. They they did. They had a couple of guys. One guy um, about uh, six ten, and the other one a uh, seven footer, and um, they had decent size. They weren't like skinny uh guys um luckily they weren't as skilled so they didn't punish us as much as a skilled guy could have down low um it it, it was a game that I, I thought that we we were competitive but it's a game we, we could have won just like many of our swag games thus far we could have won and it for me it highlights a couple of things um one, I believe that was the game where our point guard went like over twelve or something. Uh, yeah. And, and um, and um, we we really haven't figured out our, our closing lineups, and um, I, and I don't think we've solidified our starting lineup. I'm hoping the Monday game against Alabama State started our process for us, though. And what I mean by that is, uh. Our, our MO has been that we get behind early with the lineup we have because the lineup we have been starting just – we don't have shooters. Uh, the lineup we Correct. start uh, is it, easy to defend, so we always fall behind, like, by 10 – by double digits. And then, you know, we, we are bringing some, some guys who have some different skill sets, and um, we tend to close the gap. But we are always at that deficit we're trying to make up. And, and you know, I, I cut our points right at around 56, 58 points, right? If we score more than that, we win. If we score that or less, we lose. So it ain't 60's hard to the, figure out. 60 is <laughs> the line. I mean, we, I mean, literally, we are the lowest scoring team in college basketball right now, sadly. But 60 is the number. And crazy thing is, like I've said before, this team plays good defense. I mean, we held Alabama A&M to 61 points. You should be beating – when you hold teams to 61, under 65, most coaches will tell you that's the recipe to get a win. Unfortunately for us, we only scored 56 points. And as you noted in that game, um, we shot 33% from the field. Um, when I looked at the box score and I was watching this game live, which is always funny with some great people in the chat rooms. It's always funny to watch a game live on the chat room. I'd rather be there in person, but it's always fun to watch it on the chat rooms, by the way. But in terms of point production, Jalen Bates, Bates, two points. Jordan Tillman, zero points in 39 minutes. 39 minutes, zero points. I mean, God bless him, man. Zero for 12. And I, I, I mean, man, he, he probably he'll probably never have that poor shooting night. Maybe has never had that poor shooting night, right? But um, it, it just goes that way sometimes in basketball, honestly. And um, so yeah, I mean that that's just a those are two guys that we rely on. And uh, Dominguez Stevens had twelve and twenty three minutes, and, and and those twelve was like in the first. 
half, uh, the second half, you know, he didn't have quite as many minutes, but he also just didn't uh, – I don't think he took that many shots when I think about it in the second half, but he, he didn't hit he hit as many either. And um, for Dominguez, the key is shot selection. He is a pure shooter. He can make a lot of – but sometimes he keeps his steady range those uh, NBA long three-pointers when he can step take a step or two up or sometimes pass it in and, and let him pass it back to him and reset. And I think he he he'll have a more successful percentage consistency with his shot because uh, that was definitely the case in the uh, Monday night game against uh, Alabama State. Uh, he didn't have a good shooting night, and um, I just thought he took uh, unnecessary threes. Uh, you know, the, his shot selection wasn't 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 where it needed to be that particular game. And you mentioned um. um uh, the, uh, what was his Nins, the, the Nets game? He did. He was one of the leading scorers with 15 points. I think the size of Alabama AM inside really impacted him because his game is like mid range and, and in. He's really at the basket kind of player. And um, so is our, our point guard. He's more of a slasher. He's not a pure, pure shooter, even though he can make a three. So, uh, you know, going in there at 16 and 7 1 is a tough, tough order. Yeah, no doubt. That's a tough, that's a tall task for, uh, for, for any group. Um, going back over to the women's again, Meteoriyami, uh, 24 points, 37 minutes of play. Ariana Grizzle, who we'll talk about her in just a second. The Grizzle was hot. The, I mean, you know, I, she was on fire this weekend. Uh, 19 points in that contest in 33 minutes played. Uh, Dylan Horton with 11 and uh, we ended up winning that contest in overtime over Alabama A&M. Uh, that was a good win. Good win to see um, for the ladies. Then on Monday, uh, Monday night, right? Oh, go ahead. You want to mm -hmm. add something in there about that one? Go ahead. Add. That particular game, it was like a, a good, good, good chick type game. Um, you know, we got off to a nice start. In the first half, I think we was up what ten at halftime or so, and then um and then uh second half uh Alabama and M got back into the game, and um the the girls gutted it out, but Grizzle took over in the in the, in the fourth quarter in overtime. I think she had probably seventy five percent of our points. It was basically taking her her, her uh, defender off the dribble, and then of course we had uh, a big shot by Oriomi to, to to seal the deal. Yeah, they it was uh, good to have a band. It was good to have a band and the students back too. And yeah, it was a it, it was a great it was a good crowd on on Saturday. Um now Monday Monday uh we played Alabama State. Now this game was streamed and broadcast on HBCU Go interesting that the start times because i don't know i'd love to hear your opinion on how that affected the crowd we had a 6 30 tip off for the women and then the men's game didn't start until nine o'clock and usually we play these 5 30 7 30 or five and seven o'clock uh games on monday what what's your what's your take or thought on the crowd, which 
from just the look on the screen, didn't look as good as it did Saturday. Well, I mean, it's tough, uh, particularly, uh, you know, the men's game at nine. If you got kids and so forth, uh, you got to, you know, get them ready for school the next day. So that's tough for a game starting at nine. Um, I don't think the women's game, I don't think that uh, the time impacted the tennis that much. Just being frank, uh, the, the tennis at the women's game is, is just dismal at this point right now. Uh, particularly at the start of the game, um, folks started trickling in, you know, after halftime toward the third quarter going to, to the boys' game. But uh, it, it was typical of, of, of the women's game, to be frank. Yeah, sorry, sorry to hear that because uh, what uh, what everyone did miss was a a performance that I I I don't know. I'd have to really go back and think about the last time we had a performance like what Ariana Grizzle gave us on Monday. Uh, she scored thirty one points in thirty seven minutes. And, you know, we had a lead going into the fourth quarter. I'm not going to do the math. I, I got to look and see how many points we were up going into the fourth quarter. It felt like we were up maybe about six to eight. Uh, got outscored mm-hmm. 22 to eight. 22 to eight in the fourth quarter. Uh, ended up losing 77 to 68. Um, you know, the turnovers, I will say, heading into the fourth quarter, and I heard this in the broadcast, we only had like maybe nine turnovers going into the fourth quarter. Uh, We were single digits, I believe, uh, the night before, Saturday. We ended up with a total of 17 turnovers. So we committed eight turnovers in that fourth quarter and sadly contributed to us, you know, I mean, look, Alabama State is a veteran squad, Kel. I mean, that – They've been pretty much the number two team in the SWAC the last two seasons with uh, Shamaya Ward and uh, the other young lady there. They've got two players who are all SWAC players that are still there. I thought they would have graduated by now, but no, they're still there. <laughs> you know, so that's a veteran squad. And, and the veteran presence showed up late in that contest. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of – Oh, we just kind of err on ourselves. I mean, for lack of a better word. It, no, no, no. So, so here's what I observed. Uh, that had to be the most lopsided officiating game I ever seen. I do not blame okay. the coaches of the team on that one, man. Uh, every, okay. every, out of those seven turnovers, man, four or five of them was offensive, uh, foul type deals where we are uh, driving to the basket. Uh, clearly, uh, uh, in my opinion. Uh, the, the, they were either out of position defensively or they absolutely fouled. Uh, we would get rebounds. Everything we did was a foul on the offense and defensive end. Uh, that fourth quarter, out of all the – you say they had 20 points or so, uh, 22. I would venture to say 14 were free throws, man. It was a free throw. Uh, there was no flow to that fourth quarter. And um and um I just thought the referees did a terrible job to be frank, um in that full quarter and, and pretty much gave them that that game, um because uh they 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 couldn't shoot uh that well from the three point line 
they had more turnovers than us, but uh, they did shoot almost 90% from the free throw line, though, to our sister 3%. And um, so that that's where the difference was in that game. I thought uh, with both teams, we were getting better. Uh, we started to figure, figure out our lineups with both teams. Uh, you know, we're finding out where our offense coming from because I, I believe that was the biggest part. Uh, what tells our story now is uh, scoring, turnovers, and um, uh, uh, free throw percentages. When we are uh, solid in those areas, we win. And when we're averaging at least two of those areas, we lose. So hopefully we'll continue yeah. to improve. Uh, the men got a 69-58 win over Alabama State. Defense, once again, I mean, you hold Alabama State under 60. This time you got the offensive production. Jalen Bates rebounded from a two-point performance, scored 15 points. Uh, Noah Marin, who actually had a good weekend, uh, scored 15 points. And, hey, Jordan Tillman, told you, rebounded from a zero-point game, had 15. So, um, uh, Hans Louis Jean scored 14 points. I hope I said that right. Uh, he, I mean, kid. look. Yeah, He's four, a difference four guys. Look, four guys scoring in double figures is huge. Any night of the week when you can get four players scoring in double digits, especially mid, you know, mid-teens, that's solid production right there. I mean, that's that's uh, four guys. That's giving you 60. That's about 60. What is that? I'm doing the math quick. That's almost 60 points from four guys. And we score 69. Now, I mean, hell, if we can. Now, one difference between uh, Alabama A&M and Alabama State, we talked about size. Uh, I, part of the reason those guys were successful because Alabama State was 6'7", six, 6'6", six, six inside. That's all they had. They were the tallest players on the team. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so with the performance from our women, we got to give a shout out to we. I don't remember the last time. Maybe it's been a minute since the MIAC has gone to the Player of the Week and Impact Player of the Week that we swag, swept. Swag, swag honor, swag. We are yeah, swag. We, we're, 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 yes, we're, you said MIAC. Yes, I, shout out. I did say MIAC. I said MIAC. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's a Freudian <laughs> slip there. <laughs> Hey, you know why? Because I ran into Coach. Uh, I coach. I ran into Coach Gibson the other night out at Winter Haven. So I, I ran into her. I think that's why I met a Freudian slip because she was on my mind. I had a chance to to shake her hand and say uh, thank you for your efforts back in the day. But anyway, um, yeah, Meteoriami Ariana Grizzle took home the SWAC Player of the Week. That was uh, Ariana, and um, Mide took the impact player of the week uh, ariana of course had the 19 points on saturday 31 uh, that's an average of 25 per game over those two games and of course oriami had the career high 24 on saturday with eight rebounds then she followed it up with another good performance on monday averaging 13.5 and seven rebounds so Good time, great time for both. Congratulations to Ariana, Mide, Coach Pillow, Coach Wheeler, the whole staff. Uh, that's a good weekend, man. Uh, that, that's a much-needed win. I know we didn't win both, but it was a win for the program. Now we got to build. We got to stack, right? Got to stack. 
Right. Um, who do we have upcoming uh, this upcoming weekend for for the men? Uh, oh, they travel to Texas. Oh boy. Texas. Texas. Uh, yeah. yeah. Texas Southern preview. That's Saturday and Monday for uh, both teams. Uh, maybe we'll. I mention a few things later on in the show. That Texas Southern game will be interesting because that is a that is a. I don't want to call them a bad team. Let's just say they have a really amazing player score, but they have not been able to add around her. But anyway, I, I so that'll be interesting. And then, and then we'll look at Prairie View here coming up. Um, and so coming up here on the other side of this break, we're going to be talking to uh, Coach Kamise Patterson. But before we do that, as you guys can see, Right there on the screen. Got a new sponsor. Got to thank uh, our sponsors for coming in and contributing and being a part of the ONG Strike Zone. And that's the second annual Black Business Expo Tallahassee, which takes place on February 25th at the moon and is brought to you by Mega Ace Media and the Tallahassee Leon County Office of Economic Vitality. The Black Business Expo will feature financial institutions, agencies, and larger businesses looking to partner with your black business. Tallahassee Mayor John Daly and Leon County Commission Chair Nick Maddox are the special guests for the event, and they'll be there to hear what goes on in our businesses. We'll give out $15,000 in grants and we could use a little extra cash, couldn't we, this time of year? For more information, visit us online at bbetally.com. That's bbetally.com. So uh, let's make sure to get out to the moon and uh, be a part of this big event. All right, coming up on the other side, we're going to talk to Coach Patterson in uh, February, it's the start of softball season coming up in uh, less than nine days, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll get a chance to talk to Coach Patterson, and uh, we'll find out what we can expect this upcoming season. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Strike Zone, Brian, Kelvin, and hey, it's good to have Kofi Hemingway And it's a pleasure to have on our our head softball coach, Coach Kamise Patterson. Uh, First off, Coach, welcome and congratulations uh, on on taking over uh, the role of uh, the head coach. How you doing this evening? Well, thank you very much. Um, but I'm doing great. I'm doing awesome. How are y'all doing? Hey, we're we're blessed. We're doing well. Doing well. Good to be here with she you. She was trying to get that uh, little Respucia thing going. She was like, "How you doing?" That's what she was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? We doing all right. How you doing? I had to throw it back. You you asked me. I had to throw it back uh, to you. All right, that All right. Hey, uh, so. Coach Patterson, uh, you you've been a part of the program for uh, this you know a few years now. Um, talk a little bit about your journey into this role, and what are some things you were you were there with Coach Wiggins, and maybe some things that you're hoping to take from the past and and sort of make your own as as you take over this program and and put us back on that winning track of winning championships now in the SWAC. Yeah. Um, so I actually came down here in 2016. Um, so I was part of that 2016, 2017 championship, MEAC championship team. Um, I was a volunteer to start off with, so I wasn't getting paid. I was working 4 a.m. to 12 p.m. Then I come from training and I go straight to the field and, you know, Coach Wiggins would have us there till 10 o'clock at night if she could. Um, so I, you know, I really put in the time that first year. And then after that, I got promoted to the paid assistant. Then I was there under Coach Wiggins for another two years. I left for eight months and came right back. Um, I went to the school down the street and it didn't feel like home. So I had to come back to the Rattler Nest and uh, been here since then. So thank God for COVID. It got me out of a bad situation and brought me back home. Um, so I've been here since then. And then getting appointed as the head coach this year has just been uh, nothing short of a blessing. So there's, there's definitely a lot of things in the past that 
need to be brought back. Not only with winning, we got to win. Like that's, that's first and foremost, we got to win. But uh, alumni relationships, we got to reestablish those connections. A lot of them were lost with, with the transition from Coach Wiggins to the previous head coach and then to me. Um, and then with COVID, you know, we know that COVID affected a lot of dollars. And so our giving was down, but that doesn't mean that our alumni relationships can suffer as well. So that's definitely two things I want to be back. We got to win and we got to have our alumni support. Well said. Go ahead, Calvin. So uh, I'm going to get back with my second question to, to the whole uh, operation side. But uh, I kind of want you to talk about the team right now. Uh, what, what do you think we are? Are, are, are we are you are you do you think the team is where we need to be at this point in the season? I want to know also about your depth with your pitching staff, uh, what you have returning and what you added and so forth. And then your outlook for the season. Well, we have a smaller team this year. Um, we only have 18 players. We're 18 strong, but we're only 18. Um, in the future, I want to have between 24, 25 players on a roster. That way we have more depth at each position, especially at our pitchers and our catcher positions. Um, but right now where we're at, we look good. Like, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Um, Coach Wiggins came out to our last scrimmage last Saturday, and she had an opportunity to see us. And then, of course, I had the chance to talk to her Saturday and Sunday about how she felt, you know, what she do differently, because she is my mentor. Um, and based off what she said, she said, we look good. Um, so I think that we're ready for this first trip. I know we're ready for this first trip. I'm excited to go ahead and get started, because once we get going, y'all, it's, it's, it's going all the way to the house. We're taking it all the way to the championship game. Um, and as far as pitchers, we are three strong right now. We had a couple of uh, couple key injuries at the pitcher position. Um, with the transition, we had one of our freshman pitcher who was actually supposed to come in this year decide to to not come in. She went to a different university because it took a little while for them to make the decision with the head coaching position. Um, but even with that, the pitchers that we have, we got two seniors, two very strong seniors, big starters. Um, both of our both of them are our aces. Then we have a sophomore pitcher who had a chance to develop more, get more in tune with the speed of our game um, at the college level last year. So she's ready. So even with three. Um, we should be able to take it all the way to the championship, like I said before. And with those three, they all have different attributes. So one's going, you know, she's going to throw a little bit of junk. The other one's going to bring it fast across the plate. And another one, she's going to keep you on your toes. So with those three, we're having a good mix. Also, then changing up our conference schedule where we only play one game a day is definitely going to be in our advantage. Okay, one, one more follow-up to that. Uh, your, your batting strategy, your offense side, uh, I know we've done a lot of slap, uh, bunt type hits. Uh, I don't. Do we still have that that kind of makeup, or do we have a little more diversity? And you know, do we have any power? Talk about that side. Oh, we we definitely have more diversity. In the past, it has been a lot of slappers. Um, my first year here, I think we had four slappers in the lineup. Second year, we had six. And for me, that's that's great because we do love speed. It's really hard to teach speed, but you can you know you can coach it well. But uh, we got some power hitters. We got some girls who are going to be hitting some over the fence. We switched monsters from Rawlings to Easton because they have the better bats. They have the hotter bats. It doesn't take as long for them to get hot during season. So making that switch over um, to a better bat is definitely going to help us hit more home runs. Uh, and then we're a gap-to-gap -gap hitting team. So I expect to see a lot of doubles, a lot of triples. We still have that speed. But having that power is going to be key for us this year. Um, so you should see us doing a couple of different things as far as when we're up to up to bat at the plate. 
um, as far as putting things in motion, you know, bunt, slaps, but also that big, that big long ball. Because we got to hit. Like, if we don't hit, we don't win. <laughs> I got you. All right. Kofi, what do you got? Well, I mean, you, you're just getting here. So I know, I mean, you're not just getting here, but um, you talked about how uh, the, the, the slowness of the decision affected the roster somewhat. Um, you know, every coach has to deal with adversity <clears throat> on some level. What do you see in terms of right now? What is your desire in terms of like needs specific or like right now needs for your team? Well, <laughs> there's a couple of right now needs. The first thing is we got to finalize the paperwork to go ahead and get the assistant coach in. Um, it's been taking a little while. We we know how FAMU is. You know, it, it takes a little while for things to go through the process. So we've been being patient. Thankfully, she's been able to show up to practices, but she hasn't been able to be in the office yet uh, with the understanding that she's going to be here full time. So that's the first thing. Um, second thing is the NCAA just approved for softball, for Division One softball, to have four paid coaches. Um, right now, we have a head coach, an assistant coach, and they just told me we have a part-time assistant coach. So we have to figure out a way to either fundraise, get booster donations, something, so that we can make sure we have four full-paid, part uh, not part-time, but full-time assistant coaches um, on our staff. Because if we want to compete at the next level, you know, we talk about SWAT championships, that's great, but there's so much more beyond that. Um, we don't just want to be great in our conference. You know, we want to compete with these bigger teams. We want to be able to go to FSU and know that we have the same staff, the same, at least close to the same resources that they have to be able to not only provide an experience for the student athletes, but also so we can win. Um, the more coaches you have on hand, the easier it is to focus on your area and the easier it is for us not to have to stay in the office as much. We actually get to coach softball, which is what these bigger schools are doing. So my first thing is let's go ahead and let's see if there's a way that we can get some boosters to donate that we can get, you know, the alumni association to donate so that we can make sure we have that permanent third coach, which will be our second assistant and potentially either a part-time or full-time um, third coach or third assistant coach. What would you say the number is that you're looking, uh, that would be needed to go to that next one? What's the number? Number as far as donation dollars? Yeah. Or as far I don't as want to put necessarily put a cap, but what are we looking at? I mean, I, I would say, um, you know, based on the stats that come out every year for our, our association, our coaches association, um, right now, the SWAC is nowhere near, it, we don't compare to what other conferences are paying, you know, besides NEAC. Um, so if we stay within our SWAC and we say typically what we're going to pay an assistant coach anywhere from, you know, um, the low, low assistant coaches all the way up to maybe what I was getting paid as an assistant coach, for two full-time positions, we're looking at anywhere from sixty to eighty thousand dollars, um, which to me is not—that's not that much money. You know, that's 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 a couple of boosters saying, you know what? Instead of giving to football, let's give to softball. You know, instead of giving to basketball, let's let's go give to the women's sports. And um, I have to plug it because today is National Women and Girls in Sports Day, and so you know we have to start looking at how can we make sure we're supporting all of athletics, not just our our big three. You know, men's basketball, women's basketball and football because we have a lot of women's sports and smart sports who can do more with that $15,000 that you're going to give to football or basketball than they could do with it. Like 15,000 for us goes way, way, way larger and way farther than maybe what you would do with, you know, kids on a football team. 
Well, she Thank good. You. She good. Solid coach. <laughs> Hey, I, she, Coach hits all the talking points. Look, I, I was going to ask one question, but since you mentioned it, I'll transition to what you brought up. Of course, today, uh, you were, I saw you were a part. I don't know if you were necessarily on the panel, but I think you were there for the uh, uh, the National Girls and Women's in Sports Day panel that was over at FAMU DRS, correct? Yes, I was there. I was there. Okay. Um, so oh, talk, for those who didn't get a chance to, to see or hear – Talk a little bit about that impact of, of, of being there and what does the future look like when you, when you think back to 20 years for yourself and, and your road to being a head coach now and you look at these young ladies or more important, when you look at those young faces that you saw at FAMU DRS today, what do you see and where do you hope the next, let's say five to 10, we won't go too far but let's just talk five to ten everything seems to move fast these days so what does the next five to ten look like well the first thing um it was an amazing event um you know shout out to our our ad tiffany sykes for putting it on uh shout out to Rhea floyd for making sure that it went smooth and smooth sailing um we had everything we needed there but to be able to see our current players interact with the current drs kids um current drs women um young ladies was amazing because those those young ladies, they're looking up at our softball players and our basketball players, track athletes, and they're wondering how to get to the next level. They're wondering what their life is like. They're wondering, you know, how do they do what they do every single day? And so for us to be able to go down the hill, talk to them, uh, for me to get a chance to talk to the new softball coach down there and just see what they need and how we can make sure we're bridging that gap between what they're lacking and what maybe we had that's old and but still, you know, usable, um, it was amazing. and. I think there needs to be more of that. I'm excited because I do see that there's going to be more of that in the, in the, the near future. Um, but there's definitely a lack at DRS. You know, we talk about being a underfunded or under, you know, low resource institution at FAMU, even though we are the number one public HBCU, we still don't have the resources we need. So think about, you know, those K through 12 kids who have even less than that. Um, I was told today that their softball field doesn't have lights. So how can they play night games? How do they get that experience that, our players wanted and got when they was in high school, you know, down in South Florida, Central Florida, how do we make sure that DRS gets that experience? You know, how do we um, make sure that when we're on the road that we can do something to make sure that they're able to use our field while we're gone because it's, mm -hmm. it's just going to be sitting there. So um, mm -hmm. being able to have different conversations like that, chalk talk, um, just come up with some different ideas was amazing. And then hearing the panel, uh, you know, talk about really Coach Wiggins. It was a lot of talk about Coach Wiggins what she did while she was here, her like, and how it impacted so many lives. It, it just makes me think about, you know, what kind of impact, like you said, do I want to have in five to 15, five to 10 years? And it's really looking like, how can I help the DRS players get better, learn the fundamentals, so then they're able to potentially come to FAMU, come up the hill, which is their dream school. I think we have a lot of DRS kids who are, you know, transitioning up to, to our university but they're not really playing sports because they don't have that foundation. Nobody's given to DRS. Everybody's given to FAMU. So um, that's what I want my legacy to be. You know, whenever I do decide to stop coaching is not only did I help our current student athletes, but I also made sure that we were able to bring in more local kids, you know, more of those DRS students who, who actually are going to be good. That's the big thing. They got to be good. It's, it's really I, I'm glad to hear you say that because you 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 were you're bridging that gap. You were talking about that community 
involvement and getting the community involved. Well, there's a we've talked about this with other sports. There's a fan base right there. There, I mean, if you can reach those kids and have those kids interested because they've met you, they've met uh, some of the players, they're going to want to come to games. And guess who they're going to bring? They're going to bring mom and dad with them. So it's like whether they get in free or not, hey, they're bringing in mom and dad. You know, we we there's a lot of growth that can come from that, you know, and, and uh, you, you know, you, you guys already put on a good show uh, in between innings during the game. So, I mean, the kids, the kids will have fun, you know, the kids will have fun coming to the games regardless. Um, I wanted to ask you, Kelvin, before I j- go to you, I wanted to ask coach about the schedule change, which you brought up. And I noticed, uh, which is, that's something that I had missed that, you know, the SWAT contest. Now you're no longer, what, what did it used to be? It did like you play like a Friday and then two yeah, we used Saturday to play a doubleheader on Friday and then one game Saturday, or we play a doubleheader Saturday and one game Sunday. But with our sport, you know, especially with us having three pitchers, you got to think about what kind of wear and tear is that putting on our athletes' bodies. You know, we're not asking basketball to play back-to-back games. We don't ask baseball to play back-to-back games. We're not asking, mm-hmm. you know, tennis to have to play four matches in a row, doubles and singles. So uh, for the SWAT conference to take the initiative to ask the coaches what they want and for us to really vote and say, Yes, we want to play single games just like the SEC, just like ACC, you know, just like the A-Sun Conference. And for them to actually take the initiative to make that change is huge. Okay, nice. nice. I love that change, by the way. That That's going to be awesome. Kelvin, go ahead. So, Coach, I, I want you to talk about fall. I know that uh, we had a fall season and, did you accomplish what you wanted to accomplish in terms of uh, your, your your limited practices and your scrimmages that you had? And then I want you to talk about the best advice or any advice that your two previous coaches gave you. And are we still and and is our schedule the same? We schedule a really tough out of conference schedule early every year. Previously, is that something you want to maintain? All right. Well, uh, I definitely do want us to schedule harder. Um, You know, I think that there's a there's a presence that we bring that would allow us to beat some of those bigger teams. Um, You know, not to get so much into the seeding for the the tournament or anything, but once we're actually able to face those SEC, ACC teams, those power five teams earlier in the season, we feel more prepared that once we win SWAT, I'm not going to say it, but once we win SWAT, and we're sent down to Florida or we're sent to Auburn or Alabama, whoever, that we can go toe-to-toe with them. If we're not scheduling them early in the season, even if it's just one or two games, um, then we don't have that confidence. We think that, oh, you know, the best thing we're going to see is, is a swag pitcher maybe throwing 55, 56 miles per hour when in actuality we're going to go down the street or right across the street and face somebody who's throwing 70, 72. Um, so, yeah, I do want us to get back to scheduling a little bit harder, um, especially preseason. And then, you know, like I said, preparing us for the rest of the SWAC conference. Um, and then repeat your first question for me because I got stuck. I, I was uh, thinking about FSU. We do have a yeah. game against FSU this year, so my brain went left. Yeah. So I, I, I threw three things at you, Coach. I apologize. But uh, I, asked the, I asked about the scrimmage, uh, the, the, the fall, how did the fall season go? And then um, advice you received from any of the two previous head coaches. So the fall season went well. Um, my goal is always to go undefeated in the fall. Um, but we went three and two, which was a huge improvement on last year. Last year, I don't I don't know if it's because we brought in transfers um, or we had, you know, a couple more freshmen than we had this year. But 
Um, the team last fall wasn't really gelling too quick, too quickly or too well. But this fall, we did a great job. Um, we talked a lot about communication. We got a little bit more personal, personal, and a little bit more vulnerable as a team and as a group. Um, and I think that that really helped them come together. I think that you know it's different coaching this generation compared to when Coach Wiggins was here. You know, it was you could be hard nosed. You could tell the kids like you don't care about their personal life, and it's all about softball. And they don't got to be friends off the field. You know, as long as they can compete on the field, but um with this generation the rate the way that they're raised they're going to ask questions they want to know you know well what do you do when you go home like how do you recover like you know if you're telling me that i can't have a drink are you drinking during season things like that and so to be able to open up a little bit and let them in my life um has allowed them to open up even more and is really bringing the team together and that all started in the fall um we actually read a book called the four agreements this fall um and they really took to it we did some um some team building exercises we did this thing called true colors assessment. So learning personalities and how they have to talk to each other based on their color. Uh, and it's amazing because yep. they'll be like, Coach P, she's a green, I'm a blue. Green. How do I approach that? So being able to have those conversations is amazing. I can see that. Really us, it, I can it's see that. Oh, it's still showing up. <laughs> Kelvin, I think you're a green, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm a green too. Um, but yeah, so some of the best advice has definitely come from um, Coach Wiggins. Um, she's my mentor. I talk to her almost every day, if not every day. Um, she actually just helped me get a plumber for my house. Like she's the person I go to the most about a lot of things. Um, and her advice was just, I got to do things my way. Like, remember how it was done in the past. Remember what worked, you know, keep the tradition, but add your own flair and your own style. Um, that's the best thing because I, you know, I'm going to wear the gold chain. I'm going to have on the Jays. I'm going to have on the LeBrons. I'm going to, I'm going to keep the fresh kicks, you know. Um, I'm probably going to be in slacks and a button-up versus, you know, sweats all the time. Um, my hair is going to be, you know, I got my size, my size shape and everything. I'm not going to have a lot of hair during season because it's going to be hot. But um, so for her to give me that advice and then, of course, for her to just tell me, you know, that you're doing a good job, I'm proud of you, I see the progress, um, is, is amazing. And I think um, the worst piece of advice, that's, that's kind of hard because if, if it don't make sense to me, I'm really not listening to it too much. But um, I would think the worst piece of advice is you have to keep your your softball career and your personal life separate. You got to keep a separate, a big separation between coaching and, and your personal life. And like I said earlier, like with this generation, it don't work. Because if I say, you know, you got to do this because I said so. Or because that's what I said, or they're gonna look at me and they're gonna walk off the field. So being able to say, hey, like, here's what I went through when I was a player, here was my experience. I want you to take what I'm telling you and run with it or do something different. Um, being able to open up about, you know, how do I live my life? Um, has just allowed them to really, to really trust me because that's the biggest thing for us. If they don't trust you as a coach, they're not gonna run through a wall for you. So building that trust with them by letting them in my life a little bit more has definitely been been the best thing for me. All right, Kofi, uh, go ahead with the uh, with the next question. Kind of close it out here with Coach, if you would. All right. So, you know, you, you spoke a lot. You've given us a lot to really chew on. Um, <clears throat> what is your vision for a summer camp? Oh, so we're going to have two of them. <laughs> we're going to have two summer camps. Uh, working on the dates right now, um, working on making sure we get the correct approval through administration. You know, everybody, every administration we have has their own process. So making sure I work closely with Tiffany on uh, AD sites to make sure that however her process is, that I do it the way that she needs it done for it to be approved. Um, but we actually did have a, we had a winter camp um, two weeks ago. 
So I, I love camps and clinics. I don't understand why we haven't been having them in the past, but um, I love to do them. I'll, I'll go off campus to do them. So to be able to bring recruits on campus, um, not only does that save us money, you know, I, I feel like I've talked a lot about money and, and budgets and stuff like that, but it not only does it save us money from having to go out and recruit, but then it brings our perspectives to the athletes to campus. And then we're not also spending official visits um, on trying to get them here. So I think it's a win-win. Uh, you know, it puts money back to the program, puts some money in our assistant coaches' pockets, um, and it just it helps all around. So my vision is to have a camp of at least 50 kids. Uh, last two weeks ago, we had 34, so we're getting closer. Um, but if we have 50 kids, you know, like I said, it it, it just elevates the competition. Um, if FSU can have a camp with over 400 people, why can't we? Wow. Wow. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, well, hey, Coach, when that when that when when that camp information is ready, please you have to make sure uh, we get a hold of it uh, so that we Definitely. can uh, to share it. Um, we're, we're looking like we're we're going to be at a few games uh, this year. We might even do a show. Um, you know, we're uh, one of our friends of our program. Janiah Davis is a friend of the show, so I yeah. mean, we that we got love. So we got love for Janiah and the rest of the team. So we definitely got to come to a game. We do something. Hopefully, we got to work it out with the office and, and kind of find a way. And and I like the fact that now there's like a game a day, so it's like we could do a whole build up you know, a pre-show like on a Saturday or something before the game. I'm, I'm just, I'm spitballing. I'm an ideas person, coach. So I'm just spitballing ideas here. I love and, it. And, you know, we'll find it. Yeah, Kofi's the implementer. We, we send Kofi out to make it happen. So, I mean, that's how we, that's how we roll. And then Kelvin's the money man. So he going to find the money to make it happen. So I need to talk know. to Kelvin. <laughs> I'm coming for you. I will be, I will say this. Um, we are having our first ever fan day this Saturday at 1 p.m. on the Hill um, at the Family Softball Stadium. Um, Y'all come out, support. We're going to scrimmage. Um, because we only got 18, it's going to look a little crazy, but it's going to work well. Uh, so 1 p.m. to about 3 or 4. And then after that, uh, we're going to raffle off a jersey um, with all the athlete's signature on it, and we're going to go from there. So um, we're ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm excited to get started. Like you said, you're an ideas guy. I'm an ideas lady. Um, I like to, you know, spitball things and, and put some different things in motion because, you know, we've, we've never won a SWAT championship, so we got to do things different. Um, and so I think that engaging the community, having free events, you know, having more interaction between the softball team and the community is going to take us really far. Ooh, Ke Kelvin, I, look, if I can't, I'm, I'm not going to be far away. I, if I can't make it, I got to send you some money to get to get raffled off on that jersey. I need to put something on my wall back here. So I don't know how much I got to send to you, Kelvin, but we'll talk offline. <laughs> uh, so that's 1 o'clock Saturday at the softball field, fan day. Um, hey, you got 18, so that's 9v9, coach. I mean, if I do the math right, right, that's that's two teams, right? One orange, one green. Yeah, right? if everybody's healthy, we got nine and nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pray for health on everybody. Uh, coach, let me give you a final word here before we close out. Any final shout outs, uh, social media plugs, anything you want to plug? I, I want to give you the final word here. Yeah, I'll say, uh, go follow us on social media at FAMU Softball, um, on IG and Twitter. Go follow me. I'm Coach P underscore softball on IG. I don't have a Twitter account. Um, somebody created a fake one for me. I that's not me, y'all. Um, and then of course go follow Family Athletics. And then I got a plug. Y'all see me over here drinking my water. Um, Social Vegan. If you haven't been there yet, you need to go. They're a black-owned vegan spot right down the road in uh, Frenchtown. So y'all go check them out because they they do a lot for us. 
Real quick, Coach Patterson, how much, what is the budget for a camp? What it, so like how much does it cost to run a camp or how much do we typically yes. make from a camp or to run a camp? So just, um, just actually, overall I budget. Camp through my, okay. I run the camps through my business. Um, so the, the university gives us two options. Either we can run it through them um, and then we have to pay, you know, pay the university for using their name, image and likeness, or you can run it through your business. So I do have my own business. It's called CAP, C-A-P Fitness, LLC. Um, I'm also a personal trainer and a certified nutrition coach. I actually have a nutrition shop here in town called Strike Nutrition. So shout out to Strike Nutrition. Love y'all over there. Um, and so what I do, I run it through my business. And so typically um, I don't pay myself too much. I try and pay the assistants more because they're making a lot less than I am. Um, so I would say anywhere from including insurance and the website, $1,000 maybe um, for for just, just to get the camp up and running. Because um, insurance That's is expensive, it? especially with kids yeah but you got to think you know like fsu i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm talk about them for a second but fsu charges anywhere from 250 to 400 dollars a camp um it's really hard for our community to justify paying that for a camp so we don't charge as much we charge 120 100 bucks um so it takes a lot more girls for us to get up those numbers so if we had 10 players we just then covered the cost of camp not even including paying the assistant coaches um so you know, I, that's why I, I don't take too much of it home. I try and make sure they're taken care of. Because I remember how it was as a volunteer and as an assistant. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes you hit that struggle bus and that camp money come through and you feel great. So, um, you know, we could charge more, but I do think that it's an asset that, that we charge a little bit less than the, the going rate. Last question. So, if you had ten grand, that would what for you? What would that mean for you? Personally, oh, I'm good. Let me stop. For the for, uh, for the, the camp. Program, for the pro, for the camp, if we had 10 camp, 10 grand for the camp, man, um, that would actually allow us to have more of a community-based camp. So I would want to run a free camp for the local schools here, um, and that means that I can still pay the assistance. I can still pay for you know pay myself. I can still pay whoever's helping, pay the insurance um, for you know the rent for having the field, um, and then the local community would actually be able to come out for free. So. I wouldn't even use that to necessarily get more balls and more equipment. I would use that, well, we're going to stay this and we're going to pay everybody who comes out, have more college coaches there, maybe have an HBCU camp and let the people come for free. Let the black young ladies come to a camp for free because nobody's doing that right now. Everything costs money. And when you think about how expensive our sport is to start with, the bat is $500. A glove is $300. You know, cleats are 100 bucks. Wow. You need a uniform. So you're looking at $1,000 before you even hit a bat with the ball, you know? Um, so I would want to provide something for the community for them to come out and learn like a weekend for them just to learn more about the sport, the found like the fundamentals, you know, how to get recruited. Cause a lot of them don't know how to get recruited. They're out here just blind. Um, and then they wonder why they can't come to fan you. Um, so I will use it for that. All right. Hey, uh, coach. Yeah. We, we got to make sure that, uh, you get your businesses, over to uh, that second annual Black Business Expo, Tallahassee, that's coming up on February 25th. I'll be reading a plug here in just a moment, Coach, just in case you didn't know. Uh, so you make sure you, you make sure you get those. Oh, here we go, right there. Uh, so that's going to be, uh, 
Yeah, taking place on February 25th at the Moon, uh, brought to you by Mega Ace Media and the Tallahassee Leon County Office of Economic Vitality. So you make sure uh, I'll read more to plug here later, Coach, and then uh, you get them over to that, and you get you, you know, and then um, a fifteen thousand dollar grant could help somebody out, right? So uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Uh, we're eight days away from the start of the season. Make sure you guys follow. Hey, go donate. Go donate. I mean, it's that time of the season. Um, put a little reserve when little tax money comes in, too. Let's make sure to donate to uh, FAMU Softball. They're traveling. If you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, it's a Mercer tournament. So, uh, hey, great opportunity to watch FAMU Softball beginning uh, the 8th. Uh, no, the 9th and 10th, I believe. The 9th and 10th. Yep. 9th and 10th are the dates, eight days away. I mean, I'm excited, <laughs> Coach. Look, we're already excited. We got Janaya coming on next week. So we'll talk to her, build up the excitement, and then uh, Rattler Nation will be uh, all over Atlanta supporting you ladies on, all right? Yes, all right. Good luck, Coach. Hey, good luck. Yeah, good luck this year, Coach. Thank you. We'll talk again soon, all right? All right. Thank you, y'all. Y'all have a good night. All right. All right, we're going to take a break and uh, come back with our next guest. We're going to talk to uh, a FAMU football alum, Demetrius Boney, and uh, we'll also talk to his son, DJ, who is a new recruit with the Rattlers. Uh, we'll talk to them on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471, thamptonlaw.com. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now... We can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only Mobile Cigar Lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. 
Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and Shoulder Scalp Shield Technology. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time consuming. That's why when it comes to your auto, home, and life insurance needs, make things simple and trust the experts at Allstate. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your life, home, and auto policies. Bundling saves you money, sure, but it also saves you time so you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact me, Tammy Haynes, your local agent, for a free personalized insurance quote. Allstate, are you in good hands? Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. And it's a pleasure to be joined now by an alum, football alum, and uh, Demetrius Boney. Demetrius played at FAMU from 89 to 94. Uh, a lot of us, uh, a lot of us over here, mature folks. A lot of us mature folks remember Demetrius uh, <laughs> when, when he was uh, – playing for uh, FAMU as a linebacker, and it just so happens that uh, his son, who we'll talk to soon, DJ, uh, is going to be part of or is part of the class of 2023 recruiting class. Demetrius, hey, thank you for uh, coming on with us tonight. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Thank you for inviting me, Rattler Nation. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, let, let's, take, let's take people back to uh, – to, to that time, uh, late, late, uh, early 90s, rather, more so uh, instead of the late 80s, more early 90s. Your head coach uh, was uh, Coach, uh, coach, coach Riley, uh, who we are hoping and praying actually makes it into the uh, Hall of Fame here in the next week or two when the final announcement uh, comes out. But uh, talk a little bit about some of your memories as, as you kind of paid attention and watched uh, you know, FAMU football, and, and then, of course, watching your son's journey uh, up through, you know, high school and college. But what kind of things about FAMU football stand out uh, that, that you're, you're sort of seeing duplicated? I'm hearing a lot of people talk about a lot of the things that was successful in the early 80s, early 90s, being sort of replicated here under Coach Simmons. Well, basically, back in 89 and everything, one thing I realized between that era is due to the fact that it was it was pretty much preached to us about brotherhood, staying together, growing up as a family, networking. And true enough, um, talking to Coach Simmons, that's exactly what I see he got going on there. You know, he teaching family, he teaching brotherhood, he teaching um, having each other back, he teaching hard work. So I'm very proud to see where the program is headed to. And you were you uh, you primarily played uh, linebacker. Um, 
What uh, am I, I'm correct in that? Did you it, was there any other positions other than linebacker? I mean, I saw um, that was primarily your position, right? Oh yeah, linebacker was my position. You probably seen them through. You probably seen those interceptions, you know, that I used to pick up. But you know, I wasn't no DB. You know, I was just straight linebacker. <laughs> but, but you're still, if I'm not mistaken, you're still in the record. Well, no, you're in the record book, obviously, because I think. Uh, was it the 93 season? You you tied with another one of your teammates for the most interceptions in the season that year, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Correct. Uh, so so talk a little bit about uh, some, some of those games and, and memories. What are some of those standout games or maybe individual performances that you had or maybe even a teammate that kind of still stand out, like when you get the storytelling that, that is, really comes out? If I'm talking about teammates, I'm gonna talk about those older, the older cast, those, those those older brothers that I used to have, the Tony Ezell, the Amir Rasul. They really played a big, big part of my development. How they used to preach hard work. You know, they led by the example. Games, the, the game um, where we played Georgia Southern for the season opener, and we went up there and beat them. You know, that was a very hostile environment. And for us to take care of the business, that was very appreciative. Swack, those games was a very hard game. You know, Gramlins, the Southerns, you know. So Alabama State, that's when they had Ed Robson as a player. You know, those games were very um, challenging. You know, the Cookman games, always a rivalry because you're playing against team, you playing against uh, players that you don't play it against in high school, so that was a, always a fun game. Mm -hmm. All right, go ahead, Kelvin. What do you got? All right, I got a two for for you. I want you to talk about first uh, your journey, how you end up at FAMU uh, when you was getting recruited, who was recruiting you, uh, what uh, mm -hmm. what options, what other options were you looking at, and uh, just talk about your journey to FAMU. And then part two of that question is, what did you say to your son once uh, he decided that he was looking for uh, a different uh, option than what he chose coming out of high school uh, when he was making that decision? Pretty much. You know, if anybody know anything about Central Florida um, back then, um, Claremont, we pretty much was very like an orange grove area. So everything is pretty much orange groves. You know, the families used to uh, work in the orange fields, orange grove fields and, and everything. So coming up was very difficult. So my my uncle, my uncle took me up to FAMU, you know, because um, they had a coach by the name of um, Highsmith, um, Alonzo Highsmith. He was a defensive. I think he was a defensive coordinator or a defensive line coach. I know that yeah. he was recruiting this area. He offered. Next thing I know, two weeks later, we didn't hear nothing about him, about it. And I know it was getting close to the signing day. Then he called and said he had got the head coaching job at Texas Southern, and told me to um, he want he would like for me to um, come out there with him. My uncle was like, no. <laughs> we gonna get on. We gonna get in. We gonna get in the car, and we going to Tallahassee, and we gonna we gonna make sure um, you going to FAMU. So when I went up, to, came up to Tallahassee. That's when I met Ken Riley, Coach Riley, and all the coaches and everything. And we pretty much had to solidify that. When my son, um, 
during the COVID year, you know, he had he was he was picking up traction coming up out of IMG and everything. So uh, he had 14 offers. Next thing you know, COVID hit around that springtime where they shut down the recruitment and and pretty much had lockdown schools that you couldn't go on campus for recruiting. So a lot of kids got stuck. So um, with that being said, you know, we had to deal with the um, the offers that was on the table at the time. And that's the reason why, you know, he had pretty much chose the path that he had chose and everything we was looking for. We wanted the Florida and offer, but we never had received it at that time. So, like I said, God don't make no mistakes. So it was a reason why, you know, we took that path. You know, you know, he had provided that path for us. And, you know, I don't regret it at all. And since he was Black at Kofi. EKU, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And since he was at EKU, you know, uh, don't get me wrong, um, that, you know, he enjoyed it due to the fact he just came from a school like an IMG, where it's, you know, like a PWI. And um, so, but like I was telling him was that it's nothing like, and, and one thing that he noticed is the relationship that I still have with my football brothers today. You know, we we still tight, we still close, we still um, come to the games, we still meet each other outside of football, we still go on trips together, we still meet up with our families. So he 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 see that firsthand how how much love that we have for each other. And I remember he was talking about he he liked that he liked to see us like that he liked to see us interact uh, with each other. And like I told him, you'll never you'll never find that. At no PWI, you'll find out of HBCU, but not at a PWI, especially with the professors. And like I was telling him, learning at an HBCU is like night and day compared to a PWI. And now just to hear him talking about how he enjoy going to class, how he's engaged with the professors, uh, how it's like it's like night and day. It's like, you know, especially with his African-American studies, he's like, man, that that teacher. He just draws me in every time. He just draws me in. Just make me want to go to class. Awesome. Man, that, that, that's awesome. Awesome. Go ahead, Kofi, with, uh, with your question here for Demetrius. Well, speaking of professors, man, what professors uh, made an impact in your life? The professors? Yes, sir. Oh, man. Dr. Adjapone. Dr. Adjapone in criminal justice. He made a um, big um Oh man! Oh, now you're gonna really tell my age. Um, I used to have American studies where um, it was a it was a a husband and wife combination. They were, I would like to say that was Doctor Hill. It was a wife and a husband. I used to work at Florida and them, and they was outstanding to the point that it, you know they were just straight up real, and I can relate to that and I can understand that and it and it took the nervousness out of it. And everything to the point that you want to engage in class. Cool, man. Well, look, so I was at FAMU uh, 88. My first year was 88. I remember that Alabama State game in Mobile in 1990 where they'd like, dominated. they beat the snot out of it. So, they dominated. Yeah. yeah. So, really, but you all managed to win 
the uh, MIAC championship in 1990 as well. So Correct. talk about that particular season and what really stood out to you. I think what stood out the most about that season. Okay. Okay. Now, since I'm reflecting on that season, what stood out most about that season was that we were much strong. We were much smaller than the SWAC teams. Um, do, you know, even though we was big at the beginning of the season, but during the course of the season, we started to lose weight. Our bodies started to get diminished, and um, we were much smaller at the time when we played Alabama State. Okay, and I'm looking at the kids now. <laughs> And it's like there's nothing having changed, as in uh, the bodies. The bodies of the kids are much smaller compared to other schools. And the reason why, it, it, it's the same thing. The reason why, because they're using the same weight room that we used 30 years ago. And that has to change. What we're losing the battle at in recruiting is that it starts at the field house. And don't get me wrong. Florida A&M is a beautiful campus. Who don't want to go to Florida A&M? Who don't want to be a rally? Who don't want to be a fam you, a fam you in? I said, but you're losing the, the recruiting battle at the field house due to the fact the weight room has not changed. Don't get me wrong. It have changed 10 feet. They increased to 10 feet, but, um, and they have put different equipment, but it's not um, suitable. I'm not saying it's not clean. I'm not saying, you know, it's not suitable for, for those bodies to get where they need to be to be competitive against the Jackson States who got that big old um, uh, weight room that they have out there and against other schools too. At that time, when I went to, uh, when I came to Florida and uh, Coach Riley used to always used to say, we are trendsetters. Um, Everybody want to be where FAMU was at. So when we used to play other teams in their area or at their colleges, you see it. You see their school is not as good as FAMU. You see their facility is not as good as FAMU. Now, the shocking thing is like it's a big reversal. You know, as in you see their schools, you know, everybody building these um, sports places, the training facilities, and we still have not got ours yet. And, I, you know, that's right there is kind of, you know, difficult to understand why. Why we still 30 years behind when we, at once upon a time, when we used to be the trendsetters. It wasn't no black HBCUs teams out there that had two buses. You know, we used to call them the snakes. There was no teams out there that had buses with the logos on it like Florida and them did. When we came in town, they knew we was coming in town. You know, I, that's what I used to love the most. When we came into the town on the highways, every, all the kids be waving and everything. But now, you know, everybody got the buses. Okay, they don't call up to us. But what are we going to do to take over and get back where we once was as that trendsetter, setting the mark, raising the bar? That's where we need to get back to. Um, yeah. Great points. Great points. Hey, um, Demetrius, I, I, I'm checking with our producer to kind of see when your son's going to be in with us. But let me ask you, we were talking offline about what uh, what attracted him 
to FAMU in the when he was going through the transfer process, and you you shared uh, a great story about what attracted him to FAMU. I want you to tell that about what was it that that he shared with you, and and obviously, um, you know, however you how, however much of it you want to share, but uh, what was his attraction to FAMU? I think what attracted him to FAMU was due to the fact of the the, the togetherness that that uh, some of the players that he had played with, you know, expressed to him, like a lovely Jenkins, like the Bowler Brothers, you know, where he had also played with them at in here in Orlando at a core high school, and uh, I know they talked to him a lot, and I know that attracted him. But when he had came here, when he had put, you know, when the when Florida and them had finally announced his name that he has committed, you know. Uh, one of the quarterbacks had uh, jumped into the portal. And when he had jumped into the portal, the first thing that he noticed was Coach Willis Simmons. He had put a response. Great kid, great attitude, talked great about the kid. Other coaches came on, chimed in, <laughs> talked about the kid, his work ethic, and they retweeted it. So that right there alone, you know, warn him over with the coaches as in, you know, daddy, these coaches really care about you because when I when they announced that I was out that I was coming, he said the player jumped in the porter, they said positive thing beside you know behind them about his attitude, about his work ethic, and they retweeted and trying to help this man go somewhere. He said, but when I jumped in the portal, he said, he said he didn't get that that positive response like he like that like that kid did when he was leaving Florida and M. That right there, he said they really preach family. He said, you know, of course, you know, people always preaches or talk about family, 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 but talking and showing action is two different things. And he said, Coach Willie Simmons really, you know, walked that walk. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's, oh, that's that's definitely one of the differences so let, seeing, let me ask you, um, I got to jump in there because because you went, yeah, to, go ahead, you go went ahead. to FAM and, you know, you came at a time where at FAM you, you really had to have a strong spades game, a really strong spades <laughs> game. So, <laughs> you know, I'm the best at it now, you know. Do you, you know play, I'm the best at it because you know I, I I lived up in Paddyfoot, so you know a lot of people don't know about that Paddyfoot Spades game <laughs> in the red. In the red, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So did y'all play? Did y'all play deuces wild or did you play straight up? Oh, we played straight up. You know, we played the big joker, little um, big joker, little joker. You know, deuces, diamonds, spades. Deuces, wild, know? yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. We coming so at you. You the type of player that slam your card down on the table, or were you kind of chill with it? It, it? You know what? It depends on what kind of mood I'm in at the moment, or who I'm playing. Because I might flip it over on you. You know, so I might flip your card over and slap it. You know, <laughs> you know, you got to have, you got to have that, got to have that wrist with it, man. <laughs> you <gotta> have... <laughs> what? <laughs> boy, boy. 
Hey, um, let's uh, let's do this. Let's take a short break. Hang in there with Demetrius, and let's see if we can get DJ on with us on the other side of this break because we did want to get some time with him. I know we don't want to keep him up too late because uh, he had no he had a class tonight, but we want to definitely get a few comments with him before we let you guys go. So hang tight with us. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll come back on the other side. Hopefully, we'll have uh, DJ Boney on as well. We'll be back in just a moment. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Q-Time is a classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. In law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. 
As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471, thamptonlaw.com. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi, Demetrius Boney, and joining us via audio, his son and 2023 recruit, DJ Boney. DJ, uh, welcome to the ONG. How you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing fine, and it's a pleasure to be here. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, thank you, and congratulations uh, on joining the family. Uh you know, you're you're talk a little bit about the journey to FAMU. You know, your your family, mom, dad, both rattlers. Uh, what what's the experience like for you to be going to the their school, pretty much, and soon to be your school? <laughs> um, well, I can say the experience been surreal, honestly. Um, since growing up in the HBCU house, household. Um, I always went to the FAMU games, like the classic. When it came to Orlando, I I, I was going uh, to that game for a few years. Um, so I, I basically grew up around it, you know, seeing it every day, um, my parents repping them. So, you know, it, it was instilled at me early, at an early age. All right, all right. Kelvin, go ahead. Hey, uh DJ, did you uh, see any of your dad old films? And uh, tell, I want you to critique him. Uh, what you thought about uh, his, you know, his play at FAMU? See, I ain't, I ain't really see too much. See, I, I seen. Hey, you know, we have VHS articles. I seen articles, but I don't really get into that VHS stuff. You know, I don't watch that old. <laughs> I like the HD. 4K quality, you know. Hey, hey, he said he ain't nothing to play, though. We used to have the real, we used to have the real, the VHS tapes. You know, we thought we were doing something back there with the with the tapes, cassette tapes. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay a follow-up follow question, DJ. Uh, obviously, being from the Central Florida area, we have quite a few guys, um, on the team from that area. Just talk about your relationship with those guys and what role, if any, they played uh, in your decision once you made the decision to get into the transfer portal to come to FAMU. Um, honestly, my relationship with all these guys that's from Central Florida, it's, it's, it's good. Um, you know, i always been friends with them for, uh, since I've been playing football, since as long as I know them. Uh, we communicate. We, we've been communicating throughout the whole process, so it wasn't a hard decision. 
uh, making when I when I when I had the opportunity, and plus I couldn't pass up on the opportunity when I did get the chance to um, come to FAMU. So it was a blessing, honestly. Awesome. Go ahead, Kofi. Upper man. So <clears throat> obviously, Tom Brady retired this morning. Um, talk about the quarterbacks that you watched or admired growing up. And then give me your Super Bowl pick. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I was a Cam Newton fan. Uh, I was I was heavy on Cam Newton, especially when he was at Auburn and throughout his career at Carolina. So I, I always was watching Cam Newton highlights. I like Lamar Jackson. I love Deshaun Watson. And uh, yeah, them them really my top QBs. Honestly, when watching like in a, just growing up that I grew up on. So. I like those three. My Super Bowl pick too. Uh, I like I like the Eagles. I like Philly. I want to see Jalen Hurts get a Super Bowl. I want to see that. So yeah, big on with the hey, underdog. How uh, Demetrius? <laughs> you know what's funny is I'm listening to your son talk about quarterbacks that influenced him, and he's talking all black quarterbacks. When we were in college, all of us, there were very few, like the selection, he named three guys who have been at the high level. And I mean, what is that, when you hear that, what, what does that tell you about, you know, just where the position is and what, what does that mean to you as a father when you hear those type of names uh, that, that that's who your son is watching? It's an honor, plus you got to understand the journey that we took. We went to IMG. And and the reason why I mentioned that, because you had, we at the time he went to IMG, it was two black quarterbacks. It was him and another um, guy down there that also played. And when you had IMG, a predominantly white institution and everything, we he, 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 he got it firsthand of how hard it was to be a black quarterback in America. And, um, one of his coaches, when he was leaving out, one of his coaches was Sean King. And that's what he was pretty much preaching to him. Don't get me wrong. Okay. He had the big fat head of Cam Newton and everything. I used to take him to see Deshaun Washington because I was looking at his plate and like I was telling him at the time he was coming up through youth league, the quarterback position is changing. They're going away from the pro style. They're going to become a dinosaur. Everything going to be a dual threat. You're going to have to be able to move in the pocket. You know, when I look at DJ at a young age, what I see, what you might know, I see a, run, a Randall Cunningham. He might not know Randall Cunningham, but I see a Randall Cunningham, tall, slender, very elusive, you know what I'm saying, with a big arm and quick. You know, that's what I see when I see DJ. Don't get me wrong. I call it Houdiniism because the moves he do in the pocket and how he maneuvers the pocket and, and, and the things he do, it's like, how did he get out of that? Or how did he make that happen? So uh, that's what I see when I see my son play. Wow. Uh, DJ, yeah, D DJ, uh, Randall, Randall Cunningham, does that, that sound familiar to you? Do you, 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 oh, have you had a chance oh, yeah, to check out the uh, YouTube? Familiar. Okay, it makes sure yeah, you check that. Uh, of course, it sounds familiar. <laughs> hey, uh, let me ask: as as a quarterback, 
Um, Coach Simmons, obviously, is a quarterback. Uh, you've watched this FAMU offense. What do you what it what what is impressive to you? What do you like about this FAMU offense as you've had a chance to watch it over the last couple of seasons? Um. Well, the big takeaway that I that I've seen from it so far since I've been here is that for one, the offense is very QB friendly. And as long as you um in control and you feel comfortable, you know what you're doing, then you have the right of way to make those decisions. It's, you know, it's not you're not handcuffed or they're not telling you what decision to make. It's all on you being a quarterback on the field. You're the leader on the field and you're the field general. So I like that. That's one thing I really loved about his offense and how how it's been ran here at FAMU. So Okay. Uh Kelvin, go ahead. So, DJ, uh, you know, I want you to talk about uh, – I know you, uh, what, a few weeks into classes and everything and, and, and getting situated as a student athlete at FAMU. But just tell me uh, your first impressions, your how the first couple of weeks going, what you like and so forth, and then um, push that into uh, – I'm assuming y'all doing off-season um, – uh, drills and so forth. Tell me how that's going. Um, well, so far my time on FAMU campus has been wonderful. Um, you know, the professors there is, is they've been showing nothing but love. Um, I, I've been able to talk to all my professors one-on-one, um, talk to them about my situation, introduce myself to them. Uh, they've been, they've done the same, been very friendly, very understanding. Um, so that's one thing, that's one big takeaway I can say that I really appreciate about the FAMU community and, um, mixing in, mixing that in with, uh, our, our off season program, different weights and speed training and stuff. Um, it's been very, it's been very, it's been, I, I wouldn't say hard cause you know, like that's how it's going to be, you, you know, you're working out and stuff like that. You're pushing yourself every day. But, um, you know, it, it's been pushing me. Every, I've been pushing myself every day to get myself better um, in that area with lifting weights, speed, training. And I can say everybody's been doing the same. Um, one thing I can say is very – everybody's focus here is – everybody's focus right now, trying to get better going into this season. Um, we're trying to win a championship. So they're instilling that culture into the new mid-year transfers or the 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 freshmen, incoming freshmen coming in. We're they've been instilling that into us every day. So I, that's one thing I can really say. Awesome. Nice, nice. Kofi, uh, go ahead. Uh, final question for uh, DJ. Yes, sir. So your daddy got up here. He was talking about uh, you know these fade game and slamming cars down on the table. So. What I, I want to know is, does he flip your card over or does he, you know, when you play against him, because I know how daddies and sons get, do you beat him or does he really whoop up on you real good? I mean, so I ain't never beat him, but I'm not I'm not a good spades player. If it was like yeah. anything on the TV, I, you know, like video game, PlayStation, Xbox, um, you know, he's not beating me in that. He's not seeing me in that. 
<laughs> you know, that, them, them old school games like you know cards and stuff you might got that. Get him, Dad. I'm Dad. Madden, like, you don't want to run Madden. That's that stick. You know see, see, one you know thing about it. One thing. Hey, so one thing about it, you know, when you play those games, you know, you need that stick time. I'm not going. I'm a business owner, baby. I don't have time to be playing games like that. But Tecmo Bowl, I'll, I'll, I'll go back in the day with you. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I'm some Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> wow. Love it. Hey, uh, yeah, DJ, you guys gotta, you guys gotta tighten up the spades game around. It, it won't take long though. You, you, you'll know, you'll know. It'll start to come around. It'll start to come around. It'll start to come around. Um, hey, DJ, man, we we thank you for uh, joining us tonight. Um, we're excited about the upcoming season. We're excited about you and the rest of the recruiting class. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity last to give out some plugs. Let people know where they can find you on the social media, how they can follow you and find you. Um. On social media, my Instagram and Twitter is 12 Dimes. Uh, you know, the, the number 12 and Dimes with a Z at the end. So, you know, and one thing I can say, um, I'm excited for the season. You know, I'm I'm ready for to bring a championship home. And um, so it's been a pleasure having me on this show. So, me yes, and my sir. Uh, we, father. We yeah, we Glad to have appreciate you, man. you. Yeah, definitely. And and Demetrius, I give you a final word in anything you want to plug or let us know. And we always, uh, you always got a, a welcome spot here on the ONG whenever you want to come on. But uh, anything you want to plug or, or let us know about? First of all, I would like to say thank you for inviting us on. And and it's it's a humbling experience for my son to be playing at Florida a and University. You know, um, walking on the same steps. You know, on the same grounds, playing on the same field. You know, too bad he playing it. You know, he dressing in the same dressing room. But you know, that's okay. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. Not not tonight, but we're gonna get to that. But um, it's a very humbling experience, and I I thank God. And like I say, he don't make no mistakes, and it's a reason why we here to give fam you these three years. You know, his three years, which, which is going to be a lifetime because he don't even understand this. You know, fam, you is a lifetime. You know, it's a, it's a brotherhood for lifetime. It's a fraternity for life. You know, you meet fam, you everywhere across the country, across the world. I would like to say thank you for inviting us on. Absolutely. Hey, well, uh, again, we, we thank you. Uh, thank DJ for, uh, for joining us. Uh, true pleasure, uh, having you on and, uh, uh, we'll, we'll be following closely. You guys have a uh, enjoy enjoy the uh, spring semester. We'll be seeing you. Looking forward to seeing you out in spring practice, uh, uh, DJ and Demetrius. Uh, when we get a chance to talk, we'll we'll do that some more. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. Again, everybody. That's Demetrius Boney and DJ Boney uh, for joining us here on the ONG Strike Zone. Uh, that's the line. <laughs> We're going to stay here. We're going to stay here um, as our we're not going to go to break. Um, I was just telling our producer, Roy, that uh, as soon as uh, he gets a chance, we're going to flash up and talk a little bit about the upcoming FAMU schedule. Um, let me do a read. Roy, can I can I do a read? Maybe I need to do a read. We got a new sponsor these days. Probably need to do a read, a sponsor read. 
I kind of wait. There we go. The second annual Black Business Expo Tallahassee takes place on February 25th at the moon and is brought to you by Mega Ace Media and the Tallahassee Leon County Office of Economic Vitality. The Black Business Expo will feature financial institutions, agencies, and larger businesses looking to partner with your black business. Tallahassee Mayor John Daly and Leon County Commission Chair Nick Maddox are the special guests for the event, and they'll be there to hear what goes on in our businesses. We'll give out a $15,000 in grants, or excuse me, we'll give out $15,000 in grants, and we can use all of that little extra cash this time of year. For more information, visit us online at bbetally.com. That's bbetally.com. All right. So definitely we talked to some uh, uh, small business owners. All right. So, fellas, I put together this graphic because the, the schedule. Yeah. Hold, well, hold on. Time is tight here. So we, we can either talk schedule recruiting. I don't know how much more we're going to get into. I figure we might look at this schedule here because that's, I think, what a lot of people. Okay. So as you look at our graphic here, this is sort of what we have been able to deduce. Now, again, as I say, check famuathletics.com or follow at famuathletics on social media for the official schedule, opponent dates, and times. But as we know, we've got September 3rd, Jackson State. We've got September 9th against USF. September 16th, West Florida, Division II opponent, which is already drawing a lot of buzz, a lot of whys. Uh, very quick, Kofi, uh, what's your thought on West Florida being added to the schedule? Be honest. We love honesty. Be quick, though. <laughs> well, you know I'm going to be honest. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, for me, uh, I know that we had a relationship with them. Um, it comes down to goals. From a football game standpoint, it's going to be a great game. Um mm-hmm. They're going to bring people to brag. Um, they, this team got to the semifinals. Uh, they're right up the road. Uh, th- this is bigger for them than it is for us. And that's really the <clears throat> the gist of the whole playing the Division II team. We, they have everything to gain by beating us. And we have everything to lose by losing to them. And this is the straight up a team they just got the kid from the University of Florida that's going to be playing quarterback for them. Um, Did he commit? As he well. committed with them? Yes. So we're going to have to play. They're very well coached. This is I'm, – I'm talking about like they are very well coached. Uh, we saw that in the spring scrimmage a couple of years ago. This team, you know, played us well. Um they beat McNeese um, a couple of years ago. I think, was that 2019 or was that 2021? That was the year they won the title. 2019 was the year they won the national championship in Division Two. Okay, so 2021 so. was when they beat McNeese. Okay, okay. but okay. they beat McNeese at McNeese. Mm-hmm. So this is a good team. They have Florida athletes. They've got Bama athletes. They've got Georgia athletes. They're good. So we're going yeah. to have to play 
our A game if we're expected to beat them. They're good. Uh, Kelvin, your your thoughts there on West Florida? Don't like it. Wanted a F, I wanted an all FCS schedule. Uh, if we're going to play a D two, I'd rather you know get that money to the to the the HBCUs uh, that I that we got history with, and that will bring a better crowd. Um, so uh, make makes it doesn't make sense to me. Don't like it. All right, let's put the schedule back up there and go through the rest of what we do know. So we do know, uh, we believe that Southern, we are traveling to Southern on October 7th. Okay, so Mississippi Valley is on the 30th. And Alabama State is on the 23rd at home. Okay, so those are two that I didn't have earlier in the day. Okay, so that leaves – okay, so wait a minute. Let's read back. So who's on the 23rd again? We're saying the 23rd is who? Alabama home State. game against Alabama State. Alabama State, September 23rd. September 30th is a road game at Valley. Correct. Okay, so uh, that leaves Alabama State plus another team – to fill either the October 14th date, November 4th, or November 11th date. So that's three open dates. November 4th. November 4th. Alabama and Okay, so oh, that now leaves that now leaves the 14th of October that's or the 11th date. of November. Okay, so uh, as we can see, we have Texas Southern. We're traveling to Houston on the 21st. Homecoming is believed to be October 28th against Prairie View in Tallahassee. Uh, obviously, the Bethune-Cookman game is 18th. Where would you guys want the buy? Where do you think the buy should be? October 14th? Well, it's, November at this 11th? point, it's not a matter of where we want the buy. The buy is going to be on the 14th. So you think that they're looking for a an opponent to play I on November 11th? I know for a fact 11th. that the buy is on the 14th. I know the 11th okay, team. So. Okay, so the question is, wait a minute, you what? Hey, hey and, and, and here's the advantage, here's the advantage to that, news. by the way. Yes. The advantage, the advantage to that is Florida State has released their schedule. They're at home Saw the first it. three weeks of October. So we'll be on the road twice and, and, and we'll be open. So we won't have any conflicts. There'll be a wait for homecoming this year at Wake Forest when we play peer review. So there are no conflicts with FSU football in the month of October. Okay. So, Kofi, as you just said, you, you said you investigated and you believe you know who the opponent is or you oh, know. Oh, no, 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 no. I know who the Let's 11th hear team it. is. Let's hear it. Drum roll, please. Let's hear it. There's no drum roll. Y'all got to pay. Y'all got to, y'all got to subscribe or something. We get a hundred. All right, all right, hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. I got this. Super chats. If you're on the YouTube, you got to hit the super chats now. You can drop a dollar, two dollars, fifty cent. It's available. If we get, I don't know, or either get these likes up, something's got to happen. Another for Kofi to give this uh, information out. Obviously, so uh, we got to we got to hit it up, folks. If you're watching us on YouTube, you got about two minutes here before we got to close the show. Um, 
and then that's uh, November 11th. But let's put the graphic back up again. So while we wait to see whether we have any takers, because we got information here, folks. This is why you come to the ONG. You guys have been waiting around for the schedule. We just told you September 23rd is home against Alabama State. State. So that's two back-to-back home games, the 16th and 23rd. September 30th, we travel on the road to Mississippi Valley State. Then the following uh, weekend, we're traveling to Southern, two back-to-back games. By week, we believe the by week is October 14th. October 23rd, uh, 21st, we travel to Texas Southern. 28th, we host Prairie View. November 4th, we host Alabama State. No, no, no. no. We go to Huntsville. No. We go to Alabama. Alabama. I'm my mistake. November 4th, Alabama travel to Alabama A&M. Right. And then that leaves us with uh, the November out-of-conference game. All right. Um, All righty. So while we wait on that, uh, I know I want to make sure to give a shout-out to – waiting for a few people. Give a shout-out to a few people there on – on the uh, on, on Facebook and YouTube, I saw Chuck Hunt there. Give a shout out to some people there on YouTube: Ashton Harris, EA, Mary three hundred five, Jay Stokes, uh, Tamra T, Kenya. Hey, uh, real quick to uh, to those uh, to Kenya and Tamra, give us a send us an email. Send us an email um, info at myjbn.com or. Uh, the ONG strike zone at Gmail. Uh, we we want to uh, we 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 want to appreciate you for uh, so just send us an email. Just send us an email if you would, uh, so that way we can get your contact information. Uh, Calvin Lydell, he's been asking us questions about why we would schedule the D two school. Tony Webb, Tony Webb is guessing. He's guessing Tennessee State. That's interesting, Tony. Why do you think it's Tennessee State? Uh, he wants it to be Tennessee State. He wants but it to be. But it's not Tennessee State. Oh, sorry, sorry, Tony. No, no, it's not. Uh, all right, Bull. Kevin Bull Butler checked in. Uh, love to meet. Hey, we met Bull back. When we were in Tallahassee. So uh, appreciate you jumping in there. Um, uh, there we uh, go. Tamra's Tamra's dropping in. Hey, so dropping in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Brian, while we while we wait this thing out. Uh, yeah. I do want to mention. I, I want to mention that uh, we have about what four three stars that sign high school kids yes, that, uh, that signed today. Please. So Oro Gray out of Jacksonville, running back, three star, okay. did sign. Okay. Uh, Robert Lockhart, the third wide receiver, he was a four star. Uh, but uh current three star out of Atlanta, Langston Hughes, uh fast speed. The one thing we didn't have was a speed receiver. Uh he's little on the on the slight side, but short side. But you know, we all, you know, we, we've done a lot with those kind of receivers, but he has speed though to burn. Um uh Twan Wilson from a uh, DB from Lakeland, another three star that signed and on uh, just hot off the press is John Bostic. He did. Officially, uh, officially is he in? He's in. He's official. 
There we go. That's so, what we like to see. So, Get that so hard I, I, job. So, so how do you judge a successful recruit when you sign the guys you targeted? Yes, sir. <laughs> the guys you exactly. And all those guys uh, all had options. I'm talking about uh, uh, FBS options. So, so uh, good job by the staff to close the deal. Hey, um, shout out to uh, who do I want to give? They starting to come in, Kofi. They coming in, so you know they. We, it's, uh, I, I don't know what's your cap. I mean, I don't know what's your cap. What's your cap, Kofi? Hey, what's the cap? Hey, watch this. Watch cap this. Cap is fifty. Hey, you got to get at least fifty. We we don't don't say, don't see the halfway, halfway there. Hey, halfway hey, there. Hey, 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 Kofi, Kofi, I'm put a qualifier out. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> yeah, you don't get mad like at it. me, okay? You <laughs> might don't not get like mad it. at me. Yeah, don't get mad at me. Uh, we're halfway home, folks. You know what? What's going to end up happening is Kofi may end up sending a private message to those that the rest of y'all don't come through with something. Come on, now. We've been doing this show for a lot. We appreciate all your help. Damn, Montre coming in big time. We appreciate you, Montre. We appreciate you, J-Mac. We appreciate you, Ashton Harris. Of course, we appreciate you, Tamara T. Folks coming in. We getting there. We getting there. Man. Um. So we wait to see what the schedule is like. Uh. And uh, let's see, B. Janelle drops in. I think that might we about there. All right, all right, Kofi. I think we, I think we're there. I think we're there. Although you know that nineteen ninety nine. No, I'm just kidding, Montre. That that's all good. We have forty nine ninety nine. So, <laughs> hey man, you guys are great, man. We love you guys. We appreciate appreciate all Thank of you. you. Uh, how you feeling, Kofi? What's on your heart? What are you feeling? What are you feeling? I got to see what this last donation is. I'm trying yeah. to see what it is before I release it. Because I said 50. Not you a did cent say less. 50. You did say 50. That, I well, said it, 50. It, is a it should be 100. It is, is, well, you know, it's late in the show. I got know, the 11th game. If you would, see, we, I got Kofi, the 11th game. Mean, Kelvin, what I say? I know the implementer, what it is. This, I know who it this is. This great marketing idea that Kofi had. This should have been shared earlier in the show. We could have been building this up all show instead of the last fifteen minutes of the show. But I love my brother all the same, though. You know, we, I got here late, we, so we, you know. So right, it's all good. It's all good. Hey, um, all right, we're getting there. We're getting a little bit closer. Come on, we just need all one right. more person. Sure. So, so, so I'm gonna drop a few more names while we waiting on um the, the last go ahead while we waiting on the, the single money the single money oh the single, <laughs> the single money so uh, Cedric Bird a running back slash DB out of uh East Gaston uh one star he did uh commit and 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 closed the deal uh we had uh Judified Michelle. I don't know if he's officially signed though, and whether he's a preferred walk-on, but uh, he's also committed. Demir Blakely, tight end out of St. Pete, also a part of uh, this class. Again, don't know if he's a, a official signee or a preferred walk-on. Um, but those are, the and then there's a guy, a Garby. I'm sorry, I didn't write his name down. DN six five. 
245 out of Garvey High School local kid who also uh, uh, had a signing ceremony today joining the rally football. <laughs> All right. Hop uh, on Trey with your 99 cent. Let's go. <laughs> we yes we are we are officially we're officially there uh we appreciate y'all though uh appreciate Whoa, Jimmy Starks, hey, we, Bennett, hey, Harry might, 305. Hey, when they find out, hey, out who it is we might have to end the show quick I'm I'm looking <laughs> hey <laughs> you got me thinking now what well, might have to woo-wee. you got <sighs> first off is it a is, oh, man all right. Woo, the, the boss even jumped in there. The boss joined in. Wow. Woo, I'd love to see that when the boss jumps in on that. Uh, you know, we got the boss producing tonight. Sounds so, like he ready uh, to go. Man. That's what that's about. He ready yeah, to go. Yeah, I, I think that, All might. Right. <laughs> that might be it right there. To get up out For of sure. Here. For sure. All right. All so. right, people. So please don't ask. I'll be going on Twitter. And 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 running your mouth talking about you know you, everybody gonna know when homecoming is. Homecoming is October the twenty eighth versus Prairie View. If you're coming in from out of town, please get an Airbnb. There are still three hundred Airbnbs that are available in Tallahassee during that weekend. It is a far better decision to go that route as opposed to paying six hundred dollars a night at one of the hotels now on november the 11th florida AM university will be facing a team all the way from california wow are you serious they are facing lincoln university a division two team from California on November the 11th. All right, good night. See y'all later. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you sick? This is a home game, right? Yes. All right, yeah. It's a home game. Holy cow. You know what? I just saw this school on someone else's schedule. Uh, Texas Southern just, played them it? last year. That's what I saw. That's I saw him on Texas Southern schedule. That's where I saw Lincoln University, not of Missouri, not of uh, not of where the other Lincoln, not of not of Pennsylvania. Yeah, no, no. Lincoln University of not an HBCU. Lincoln. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if this came about after you know. Obviously, we had a large contingent out in California last week. That ain't have nothing. nothing to do with it. Don't be oh, making I, I, okay. See, you're making I'm, me mad. I'm, you're making I'm me mad. To, you're making I'm you're making drawing. you are making me mad okay. and it's the All end right. of the show. Yes, okay, I'm sorry. You're making me mad. Gotcha. All right. Nah. Uh I do Lauren not want to go on a, a nice little Southern this year. Listen. Is this the new VUL? Is this the new VUL? Is this uh are they the new VUL? Lincoln California? They've got Lincoln Southern? University out of California. What's it's the not name? HBCU. They're not an HBCU. Okay. But What's we're the playing nickname? them. That's our final home game. It will probably be the military game. Um, but Senior I want to say this. 
I want to say this. Um, if we really, really, really want our presence known um, or our desires, we need to communicate that to the staff in terms of what we want from our schedule. You know, um, we've, you know, you, I was upset, but I can't control it because I'm not the schedule maker. So my therapist told me that don't get mad at the stuff you can't control, but that's not going to prevent me from saying I'm disappointed. I'm upset, but it's celebration bowl or bust for this team. It's celebration bowl or bust. We have got to beat Jackson State. We can't sleep on nobody on the schedule. Everybody in the SWAT can slap show play. Alabama A&M, Alabama State, they're going to be improved. Um, we got them at home. Prairie View will not be a pushover. That's going to be tough. Well, it's homecoming, so it's going to be crunk. Then you got uh, Texas Southern out there with Andrew Body and them. That's going to be, I mean, Southern University out there is never easy. We got to bring it every single week. Every single week. We cannot have any slip-ups. If not, just plan on staying home. We will not be going to the playoffs. So don't even worry about it. So it's, uh, it, it's SWAC, Celebration Bowl, or bust. The Oaklanders, uh, Lincoln University, nicknamed the Oaklanders, based out of Oakland, California. Schedule's supposed to be... <laughs> Love you guys, man. I just, um, if we want change, we've got to be a part of that change. Uh, I know that we, you know, I, w- I was thinking, um, I was, you know, like, okay, so a Celebration Bowl, and I was talking with um, my brother on today, and so he was saying, you know, because I was like, you know, a celebration, we ain't trying to go. And he's like, it's not really about that. It's, it's about creating the best possible experience for our student athletes and giving them a fair opportunity to play extra games and compete, you know. Um, and let me say this, make money. Now, the make money thing really is, is really on us. I don't care. I, I'm of the mindset that I don't care who we're playing. We need to be there for basketball, softball, football, all of it. If we if we have the capacity to be there, we need to be there for our team. That gives us, um, that helps the athletic department, it helps the team, and it shows, um, I want to say, our level of commitment, and I think that we can. Like, uh, what's the highest number of season tickets we've ever sold, Kevin? Isn't it about 5,000? Yeah, like 4,900 or 800, somewhere around there. Yeah, we got to get the 7,000 season tickets this year. If we can get the 10,000, that'll be, that'll be the bomb. But let's not make excuses. Let's pack brag out. Let's be mad. Let's let our, let our, let our voices be known. For me, we've got to get Tennessee State back on the schedule. And, you know, in my opinion, by any means necessary. Um, you know, they, you know, I, I really feel like that's, that's a legacy game, whether they join the SWAC or not, that's a legacy game. And, um, 
that's that. And uh, if we want that to happen, we need to write the powers that be and let them know that this is who we want. We want the ANTs. We want the Mercers. We want the Kennesaw States. We want, uh, who, who, what's that other team? Tennessee State. We want them on our schedule. We're not ducking no other sport. And I know for a fact that, you know, Coach Simmons is not ducking competition. That's not his MO. I know Tiffany, uh, A.D. Sykes would not duck competition. But I, it makes me wonder and, and, and question what this person was thinking when they came up talking about some Lincoln. Anyway, I'm coming to the game. I'm still going to be there regardless. I'm going to talk about that next week. Uh, so yeah, let me, let Mike Road Dog read. No, he did not mean Lincoln University of Pennsylvania. He did not mean Lincoln University, Missouri. Both of those are HBCUs. He said Lincoln University the, of California, the Oaklanders, uh, season record was yeah. two and eight from 2022. Yeah, right. They are division two. Um, they, they do have, just looking at on they do have Texas they got Southern, Southern on their schedule. And Southern. And Southern. Yeah. They got Texas Southern on the schedule, and they got Southern Utah uh, the, on the 12th. You talking about for 2023? Yeah, 22-23. Okay. I don't know if that's the new schedule, though. Because uh, oh, as well. I look at their schedule. We're playing them on November yeah. the 11th. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so, a, uh, yeah, that, I ain't gonna say it's. I'm not gonna say it's that, that, that might be still last year's schedule, correct? Right. The, the schedule, their their schedule is not out. Uh, I know Demetra is it, asking. It says, and, well, you know, well, well, people on the website, you know, on the website it says 22, year. 23, but it says 22, 22, 23, but it does, in my opinion, the dates don't line up. It does look like they schedule from 22. Right. Well, let me, Not I'll tell you, I'll tell you, do you see, do you see October 29th being Texas Southern on their website? Yeah. Yeah. That's the fall. Yep. That's the fall 22 schedule. They lost that game 37 yep. to two to Texas Southern. So that's the yep. fall schedule that's on their website. They haven't put up the, uh, what would be the academic school year of 23, 24. They haven't right. put that on. So. Right. All right, folks. Just, uh, just for the record, for everybody that's checking the Lincoln University website, uh, it's not on there yet. Exactly, <laughs> it's not on there yet because everybody. But, it's not on. There. But you heard it. You heard it here first on the ONG. So when you see it elsewhere, make sure you come back and reference that. Oh yeah, the guys on the ONG Strike Zone. They they broke that news uh, Wednesday night, first day of the month, Black History Month. Kofi Hemingway. Breaking news, investigative reporter, making things happen. <laughs> All right, uh, we got to get out of here. We broke news. We blew the internet up. Y'all going to be talking about this for the next day plus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll – hey, now what will be interesting is how quickly will – did we push FAMU into dropping their schedule earlier than they anticipated or later? That will be interesting now. I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, things like this happen when scoops, when stories go out early, some administrations like BCU, 
drop stories early because the internet broke it. And it's like, oh, well, we got it, but they weren't ready. So we'll wait to see. I mean, you know, who knows? They they could turn around and say, it, again, this is not official. So they're always, you know, we'll see. We'll see. It's Kofi right or Kofi's wrong. I believe he's right. I believe, you know, how long, when have you known Kofi to be wrong? All right, that's going to do it for tonight's show, folks. Loaded show. We got to thank uh, <laughs> Coach, <laughs> Coach Patterson uh, for joining us, uh, Demetrius Boney and DJ Boney for joining us as well, all of you guys on Facebook and YouTube for joining us. Appreciate all of your contributions on the Super Chat. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Um, Make sure you're following the ONG Strike Zone on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google Play and Apple App Store. My JBN, my BCSN is where you can find it. And then the podcast will be up later. All of the podcasts of the Black College Sports Network will be available on the BCSN Pod Zone everywhere you listen to podcasts. So for our producer, oh, Roy, do I need to give one more read? Do I give one more read here before we go? We definitely got to thank our sponsors, our new sponsor, the second annual Black Business Expo Tallahassee, which will take place on February 25th at the moon and is brought to you by Mega Ace Media. Thank you, Mega Ace Media, a.k.a. Mr. Wilson Vaughn uh, and the Tallahassee Lincoln County Office of Economic Vitality. The Black Business Expo will feature financial institutions, agencies, and larger businesses looking to partner with your Black business. Tallahassee Mayor John Daly and Leon County Commission Chair Nick Maddox are the special guests for the event, and they'll be there to hear what goes on in our businesses. We'll give out $15,000 in grants and we can all use a little extra cash this time of the year. For more information, visit online at bbetally.com. That's bbetally.com. All right. Thank you, guys. I'm Brian Fulford. That's Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway for our producer, Roy Evans. We appreciate you watching and listening. And uh, stay tuned. Uh, Rattler Athletics is what we are about. When these folks out here in the street start giving you some static about this schedule, just tell them to back up and let them know that if you don't get away from me, I'm going to have to strike, strike, and strike again at you. All right, Rattler Nation, peace out. <laughs>